and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Introducing for the first time on Be Green with Amy Live, six-time USA National Champion, four-time Golden Gloves National Champion, three-time Olympic Trials Champion, a national motivational speaker, comedian, and plant-based boxing champion. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Cam F. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Greetings, Cam. Oh. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> I, would yeah, just wanna, yeah. I, just, I just want to hear myself be introduced for the next hour. You are amazing. <laughs> oh, it's not me. I have a voiceover, just has voice. Actually, yesterday I, I said, because I tell her, you know, who's coming up next. And I say to her that I'd like to have an introduction for this guest. And yesterday I said, you know what? I don't want to do the ordinary intro. I would love to have a champion boxer kind of intro. And she said, no worries. I will. And I'm like, it's kind of last minute. No worries. She wanted to have fun with it. And I think she did. Sweet. She <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. I love little details in this. Yeah, that just made my day. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. We really enjoyed having you here. And it's so exciting. I love the fact that you're plant-based and maybe some people that are watching don't know much about plant-based, but also that you're an athlete and that you're a man. So these are really great things that you're bringing to, to my audience because we really need to have more representation from that. For decades, the majority of us have believed that in order to be an athlete in peak physical condition, you need meat and dairy. I remember even they had that Got Milk campaign that the dairy industry used and they would have athletes with milk mustaches to sell us the idea that we need milk for strong and healthy bones. But if you ever tell your friends or your family that you're thinking about cutting back on eating meat, chances are they'll say, but where do you get your, your protein? protein? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, today, Cam F., Awesome. Awesome. I feel like I should echo it every time I say your last name. <laughs> will help us to learn that protein doesn't only come from animal-based sources. And he's going to talk about how he learned to fuel his athletic body, but a whole lot more. So I'm really glad. Welcome and greenings, Cam F. Awesome. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Great introduction. Great introduction to the introduction. And I love uh, I love all of your all the details of your show. I love greenings. I love the word green everywhere. I love your vibe, Amy. Well, thanks. Vibe. Thanks. And having you on the show is going to help me with my vibe. So really appreciate yeah. you being here. So some people are here because they're just plant-based fans. And no matter what happens, if it's plant-based, they want to be a part of it. And then other people are here because they saw some boxer in the promos and they say, oh, I got to check this out. You have people maybe from all over the board, maybe some people that never even heard of a plant-based diet, or if they did, they heard all the myths. 
And we're going to probably try to dispel some of those as well, which is what I would like to do now so that we can get started. So I'd like to start off with our game, which is called True or False. And we're not going to do all the questions now, but we'll start off with at least one. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, so our first true or false question is, plant-based diets mean feeling hungry all the time. What do you say to that, Cam? That is false. You don't feel hungry all the time, but I would think that you would feel hungry all the time since you're an athlete. No, no. And actually, uh, I don't understand why everyone would think you are hungry all the time. Now, I've been vegan for 10 years now, so I can understand. My brain knows everything now, like... Uh, but I did have these misconceptions and I also thought you needed meat. And I, I thought, I thought you were going to be frail if you were vegan. And that's be- before I was ex- actually exposed to so many vegan athletes or be- becoming a vegan athlete myself. Right. Absolutely. You were an athlete prior to be being vegan. So why don't you kind of tell us how that all started? Growing up, I've always had a, I've always had an unhealthy relationship with food. I would use food to cope, whether I was happy, whether I was sad, whether I was excited, whether whatever, I would just, I would eat a lot. I could never get my weight under control. And I was very insecure in high school and was battling with my weight and insecurities and prom coming up and wanting a date. So I, uh, I couldn't make any teams because I was unathletic. So I joined a boxing gym. Since you don't have to make the team, I automatically got to participate. I joined just to lose weight. And I actually became a very successful boxer. Within two years, I won my first national championship. I was the number one boxer in the country for about four years. I was able to do all these great things, but I still wasn't able to get my weight under control. That's when I learned you literally, and I'll say this as an Olympic level athlete, you can't outwork a bad diet. I tried. I tried at the highest level. I'm glad you said that because so many people out there, they're going to do a workout for maybe 20 minutes or maybe they're going to take a walk and be and walk it off. <laughs> so most of us normal people that aren't athletes have never gone to the level that you have to try to burn it off. And I wasn't able to do it. I wasn't right. able to do it. But then in 2012, I was actually going through a very sad time in my life and I was very overweight and I was drinking a lot and I lost a bet to, I was, I was a person, I was doing boxing fitness training and I was training this client. He was like 45 years old. He was very overweight. He was, he was about 250 and he reached out to me online and said he wanted to be, have his first boxing match. And I'm like, bro, you're 45. <laughs> and when he shows up, not only is he like, uh, pretty overweight. He was in uh, a knee brace. He literally had a knee brace on. But you know, I'm here for it. And he would come in every week and work out with me. And every week he would get smaller and smaller and smaller. I finally, I was like, "What? What do you like? What do you do outside of me when you're not training with me?" And he's like, "Oh, I I follow this plant based diet." And him and his wife are these vegans. Long story short, I lost a bet to this couple. I had to be vegan for 28 days. Whoa. I had to do the Engine two 28 day challenge. Was uh, that a setup? Did they, how did they, I mean, what was their side of the bet? <laughs> uh, I don't even remember. It was just so like, and it was, it was one of those bets where it was Manny Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley and Manny Pacquiao was supposed to win. It was like a silly bet and there was no way I was supposed to lose, uh, but I lost. But since I'm a man of my word, 
I did the 28 day challenge. So that was no meat, no eggs, no dairy, no cheese, no oil, no added sugar, no added salt. And if I'm being honest, the first two weeks, the food was super bland because I was literally eating. I went from eating, I would eat in drive throughs I would go to McDonald's, I would eat three McDoubles, no mustard, no pickles, extra onions, extra ketchup and three McChickens with cheese. I would just eat six burgers a day. That was like my diet. Oh my and goodness. I went from, it was a bad year of my life. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, and I went from eating that to the next morning, cold, cold tofurkey, eating a plant-based diet. And the food was super bland. It was basically my body was going through withdrawals. The diet also entails sobriety, so I couldn't drink either. Oh so my I was goodness. Com- just I was com- that. And then, oh my goodness. That Everything was- at once. But I'm a man of my word. If I lose a bet, I follow through. I never bet money. I always bet things, whether it's push-ups or like, yeah. Just... I do that with my husband all the time, but that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. The first thing they, uh, Amy, so Amy Mackey of Engine 2, that's who it was. Uh, his, this guy's wife was Amy Mackey and still is. I lost the bet. The boxing match was Saturday night. They showed up to my house Sunday morning to, to cash in on their bet. <laughs> and they had garbage bags and they took all of my the food out of my apartment that wasn't vegan and brought it to my friend's house. And then she took me grocery shopping and she taught me how to grocery shop, which Amy, that might seem like a normal concept for you. But for me at the time, my mind, I was like, what do you mean? Teach me how to grocery shop. So we go to the first store, we went to Whole Foods. She's like, first thing she said was we shop on the perimeter of the store. There's no need to go down the aisles. That's where all the junk is. So we did that and we got all the items, the specialty items that you get from the health store. And then we went to our Walmarts or whatever to get the kind of cheaper items. And we went back to my place and she taught me how to cook because we tell people like, turn vegan, become vegan, cook, use these spices. Thing is, I know how to cut and stuff, but I didn't know how to cut onions and like, I didn't know how to cook. Right. You and just got t- your car. That's how you cooked. <laughs> yeah. And she taught me the, I was a super bachelor and right. she, she taught me how to cook just the very basics. And every Sunday, the, that Sunday we cooked a bunch of food and she made it these little containers. So she's like, all right, eat this, eat like four of these a day. And it was super simple. So that's, I just ate what was there and I just didn't eat anything else. Okay. And the next Sunday, they showed back up to my, my my apartment. Then we went grocery shopping again. We cooked basically all day, and we developed this routine every Sunday. We called it our Sunday cookathons. We just got together and we just cook all day. And at the end of it, we'd have all these different containers of food, and we have meals. We meal prep for the week, so we'd spend our Sunday. We it's basically a Sunday fun day, but instead of drinking, we cook. We would post about it online, and before you know it, a few people would ask to come. And we had maybe six or seven people. Everyone puts money in. So we grocery shop, we grocery shop together. Everyone has their containers. And we basically hang out all day. A few people will be in the kitchen. Some people will be playing board games or hanging out. And it was a cool Sunday routine that made the change in routine because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of our eating habits, they're just routine. And it's what they're used to. And we fall back on that. On the Sunday cookathons, the Sunday fun day, uh, we would we'd make 
like a batch of quinoa. So we'd separate, make the quinoa in different containers and we'd add different vegetables in the different containers, beans, tofu. Maybe back then, I don't know if I was into seitan yet. There's right. still a lot of things yeah. I'm learning. Mm -hmm. But I will say back then, this is in 2012. It's not what it was today. Oh, no. Like the options. And I know people who've been vegan since like the 90s. And I'm like, I don't know. I started do in 2012 as well. We have a lot in common, oh, yeah. actually. Oh, but, really? Yes. <laughs> but we'll yeah. talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I started uh, in 2012. Jesse asked what kind of meals we used to meal prep. So with the engine to plant-based diet, it was no added oil, no added fat, no added sugar, no added salt. Like, And there's a bunch of different meals. And it's kind of some of the things escape my mind. I don't want to say the wrong thing and lead someone in the wrong direction. But, but it sounds like it you was, were batch cooking a lot of ingredients that later you could assemble also, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of meals that we could assemble. So we'll make a big thing of uh, like tofu, like a, a marinated tofu of some sort. And then you can separate that in different containers just so you're not eating the same thing every day. But also, I am a very basic person. The way your dog can eat the same thing every yeah. day and not have a problem with it. I am the same way. So my girlfriend, she always wants to switch it up and everything. But if it if I like it, I'll just eat it literally. Which is what day. you used to do with the drive through. You had, I mean, you yeah. recited oh, yeah. the whole the whole order from memory because that's what you did. And probably a lot of people at the drive through were like, "Up, oh, there's Cam. I know what he wants." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. <laughs> they knew so me by order. You like the same thing pretty much consistently, which is fine. Yeah. I, I realize that not a lot of people are like me. And the thing is, there's an overwhelming amount of options in stores. Like, go to the weird, and I do that quote, the weird. And I I love the word weird because, Amy, I'm sure, to, to most people, you're weird. And I love that mm -hmm. about you. And yep. I'm weird. And I love the weirdness of people because the weirdness, that's the actual authentic them. Mm -hmm. Like, every everything else is just us trying to conform and fit in. I love, I love just weird people. And that's why I loved living in Portland, Oregon, because it's they kept Portland weird. Uh, Austin is getting weird as well. But well, they had Twilight too. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a win win for the, the Northwest. Yeah. So, was, so you were, I you were looking at just, weird foods. Yeah. Oh yeah. So when you go to the grocery stores, just go to the the weird grocery stores or the the health store that you don't normally go to, and you'll see all the. Just take a second to be conscious of all of the different colors you see in the area and walk up and down the aisles and maybe choose a fruit or vegetable that you've never seen before. And I'm sure there are fruits and vegetables in there that you may not even know how to pronounce. That's true. Buy it, <laughs> buy it and make something with it because becoming vegan, you don't, when you're vegan, you don't limit that much. When it comes to meat, we only, Americans only really eat four animals. So you limit those four things. Once you limit those four things, you start to expand your diet. And then you start to eat all these weird fruits and vegetables that you, and, and I say the word to me because I shared, I was eating drive-through things. So kale was weird to me. I, yeah, I made fun of people who ate kale, which is yeah, really they cool. They only used it to decorate at the butcher. They would yeah, use the, it to decorate around the meat to make it look yeah. more attractive <laughs> and colorful. Up to, up to 2014, the number one purchaser of kale was Pizza Hut. They used it to decorate their salad bar, not for oh, consumption. Not for consumption. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how little we 
Right. We, uh, we appreciate that they, they had a lot of research to show that we as humans, we like to see colorful things. We're primitively attracted to color, not to just yeah. red or gray or brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's great. So you did that for how long was the bet now? Uh, so it was 28 days. So I learned this is a fun fact. It takes 22 days for your taste buds to adjust. That was what I was holding on to because the food was so bland, like going from my super intense, so high sodium diet to this diet, the food was so bland. And it right. Cause you were SOS free, which means no sugar, oil, or salt, which is that's yeah. how I eat. And I, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> it, it's a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. You yeah. just have to I mean, I'm super positive. gassy. Super gassy too. Super gassy. Luckily, I lived by myself at the time. But you just can't escape yourself, can you? No, wow. you never can. But after the 22 days, I started to look forward to the meals. Oh, and wow. oh, uh, just keep pushing, push through to to, to 28 days. Yeah, Make, actually, just put misty blue. See that? I keep quitting at 20 yeah. or 21. Isn't that something? You were just Miss, like so close. <laughs> yeah. Misty, here, here's what I like to remind myself every time, because every month I do a different challenge for myself, whether it's like every day, every morning for this month, I'm going to go to the gym at 5 a.m. Different challenges. And I remind myself, there are people who are imprisoned right now, not to get too dark or whatever. There are people who locked up in jail and then they are forced to eat what they're allowed to eat. They don't get to go to fast foods. They, they're stuck to a strict diet. If people can allow other people to control them, why can't we learn to control ourselves? And that's the discipline aspect of it. So anytime I start to want to quit in anything that I do, I remind myself, I should be able to do anything for 30 days. And after 21, 22, 23 days, it's a habit. I go 90 days in my head to when I want to really latch onto something. I forget, now that I've been doing it for this long, I forget that I'm vegan. It's I don't normal. even think I'm vegan. Right. I, I, other people eat meat and dairy. They're carnivores and then I'm just normal. Exactly. You know? That's how I feel too. And you're right. It's, Habits. It's, it's, Misty, uh, is, are there, are there influences around you? Cause I know it, it would, it was a lot easier for me when I lived by myself because anything in the house was automatically vegan. I didn't have any temptations. I didn't have to look at a label. So. Yeah, maybe she'll answer and see. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes the influences of other people can be tricky also. And you, when you're trying to socialize maybe, or just that, like you said, you give up. And you're an athlete and you've done so many incredible things. So you've learned how you sometimes you just have to stick with something to make it a habit and to make it a routine. Misty said, my own fault. Well, I love that, Misty. <laughs> I love that, Misty. I'm all about honest self-assessments. It's the only way you can grow. Every time I do something, I kind of mess up. I just, I love that you, I appreciate that, Misty. Right, because so many people will try to blame it on something or someone else. And she just came right up and said, yeah. nope, it was me, which is good because yeah. once you recognize it, then you know, okay, yeah. I got in my way. I can yeah. control me. <laughs> I can control the other eating. things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, here, here's something, uh, Missy, I don't know if this will be helpful for you, but uh, I realize I'm good if, with limitations. So after the 28 days, so funny, I started to look forward to the meals day 23, day 24, and I started to get nervous around day 27 because I was like, oh, it's almost over. I was like, and I'm starting to feel good. And 
granted, I was sharing that this was not a good time in my life. It was a very bad year for me. I was very depressed at the time and I was eating a lot and drinking a lot. Uh, and I gained about 60 pounds. And in this, in the 28 days, I had lost 32 pounds. And I started to like see hopes of a six pack again. Oh, so I was like, out of vanity, not for animals, not for my health, not for the environment, for vanity reasons, I decided I'm going to keep going <laughs> because I never saw my body look like this. And you were shape shifting. I was shape shifting. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> I want to see, like I was brushing my teeth and I would see a muscle in my shoulder I've never seen before. And I'm like, cause I was getting down to a body fat. I had never gotten down. Even as an athlete, I hadn't gotten down before. When I started traveling, I started to eat. Now there's all these different vegan foods. And I was emceeing veg fest pretty much almost every weekend around the country somewhere. And the cool thing about these vegan festivals is there's all these different cool vegan junk foods to try to get people to become vegan. And these vendors bring me up these beautiful vegan burgers and these vegan hot dogs and these vegan junk food for me to try their food and announce that they're vendors. And I would just get all this free food and I'll eat it and I'll gain a lot of weight. So I, I had to recheck myself because there's too many vegan options. And I'm a man that I need limitations because I don't have, that's the reason why I'm sober. I'm, I don't allow myself to drink. I don't have. I You're don't all have or it. nothing? Are you all or I'm nothing, all, Cam? I'm all or nothing. I'm all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which can so, be good, but it can be really bad. <laughs> it, it, it's, but I like it. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change right, it. Right, right. Uh, so what I decided to do was a lot of people were talking about intermittent fasting. And what I saw intermittent fasting is, and you can do the science behind it. And the thing is, I don't do any research or anything. I'm just telling you how my body felt. There's all these different theories and everything. But what I saw intermittent fasting is it, during the pandemic, working from home, my, I'm in my office right now and my kitchen is like 20 steps that way. When I first started the intermittent fasting, I decided to only eat from noon to 8 p.m., just that eight-hour window. And I, I wake up about 6 a.m. And I realized first thing that happened was I, I go to bed earlier because uh, I realized after 8 p.m. is when I consume my, the most calories, waste the most time, and spend the most money. So you just say, I'm clocking out. I just go to bed. And I, but I wake <laughs> up early and I'm working and I, I'll find myself, I'll walk to the kitchen, open the fridge, and then realize it's not time yet. I have to wait till noon. Like I look at the microwave. I'm like, okay. 727. Okay, I close the microwave. I close the fridge. I go back to my office so and start you working go to again. Because you were hungry, or were you just this? Just out of habit. A habit, right? Just out of habit. And then before you know it, I open the fridge again. And I'm like, oh, 823. Okay, okay. I would go to the fridge the first week, maybe three or four times unconsciously open the fridge before. I realized it wasn't right. me. It's it was your primitive eat. brain saying that is the source of food. Go to the source of food. Even if you're not and, hungry, get it. <laughs> like, like, and I, I know there's someone who can relate to this and I don't want to sound like a crazy person, but if you've ever been holding your phone and you, you close out of Facebook or social media, and you're like, no, no, I'm not wasting any more time. And you close out of social media, you close your phone. And before you realize it, you're back on social media less than 30 seconds later. Mm-hmm. It's that unconscious habit. And I, at, at the beginning, I couldn't wait until m- noon to eat. I just couldn't wait till noon. And right at noon, I would eat. At just 11.59, I'm just like 
couldn't wait. And then after the first three weeks, I, I would look up. I'm like, oh, it's 1.23. I forgot to eat. And then I got in the habit of doing something else instead of eating. And that has been, and I did intermittent fasting for about six months. And it was the greatest thing I could have done to reset my habits. Mm. Because I started to realize I when I eat out of habit and when I eat out of need. Exactly. You're right. And we do so many things out of habit. Some of them are good and some of them are not. And like you said, if you can get yourself in this mindset for whatever positive things you want to do, like you became a boxer, athlete, or you change your diet or you quit drinking, if you can just stick with it for a certain period of time, then you develop new habits. Yeah. And, and it's, it's being able to check yourself to figure out. And it, the thing is, you don't know what your habits are because they're so stuck to you. The only way you can expect change is if you change something. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. So there's a lot like, and, and the bigger, the bigger the change that you're willing to endure, the bigger the change in outcome you will see. So if you decide to take baby steps, you'll see progress of baby steps. But if you decide to go a little bit, a little bit harder, you'll see better progress. Of course, it with with health conscious, but I want to start stretching for an example, right? I want to start stretching because I want to be more flexible. I am terrible. I'm not flexible at all. I decided if I were to stretch for 10, min 10 minutes a day, I will see this much progress in a month. But I said, well, if I could triple that and just stretch for 30 minutes a day, maybe watch a TV show and stretch once a day, I'll see so much more progress in 30 days. I said, well, if I listen to a two-hour podcast and stretch the entire time while I read, I'll see so much more progress. So the more time you're willing to invest into something, the more of an outcome you will see. The problem is the way that America is set up with the FDA and so much money that's involved, there's so much marketing involved in tricking people into thinking the unhealthy is actually healthy. Yeah. At its most basic form, if you can't if look at something and guess where it was originally de de derived from, it's too processed and you should probably not eat it. And, and that's just basic. And the thing is, I'm not a doctor. I'm just sharing things I've learned from how my body feels. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that how your body feels, you probably weren't in touch with your body in the same way back then before you started this lifestyle that you are in now, right? No, that, and that was a, Amy, that was a, the most amazing thing I learned about my body is after those 28 days, I kept it pretty strict for about, about eight, nine months of like no added salt. No, I just ate my meals. And after, maybe after two months, if I needed carbs, I knew what I knew if my body needed carbs. I knew if my body needed sugar. I knew if my body needed fat. I knew if my body needed. I was so in tune with my body. I've lost it. I've lost it. If I'm being honest, yeah, it, I'm not working out at that level anymore. So I'm not you training stopped, at that level. You stopped competing, so it's not. Yeah. Your, well, that's it. Was your full time job, right? Yeah, Basically. but <laughs> it, it, what that taught me is, even if we're not using it at, at its maximum capacity. Our bodies are machines. Yes. And the better the fuel we put in our machines, the better they're going to be. Absolutely. And you learned a lot and you could always 
ramp it back up again if you needed to, but you're still there. You just have done different things and life, life happens too. I'm really glad that you're sharing these experiences because some people might say, well, you're special. You're a different cam. You know, you're an athlete. You get into the ring with people. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just doing things that a lot of people couldn't do. That's not me. I couldn't do this. No, no, you can. Right? Hey, Amy, Amy, let me let me tell you. Let, let me tell you why you could do this, Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're mm -hmm. right. I believe that we are all the creators of our own universe. And I think when, when people say I can't be vegan, I agree with them. Not with that attitude. Mm. If you say, I can't be a fighter. Well, Amy, I agree with you. Not with that attitude. Now, I didn't say you were going to be a great fighter, Amy. Mm -hmm. Amy, you might be zero wins and 100 losses, but you are a fighter. Yes. So I do believe you can do it. Now, would it be responsible or a mature thing to do? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But you could. Yeah. But I could train like a fighter anyway. Yeah, you can. <laughs> You, you have the right diet for it. Yes. Or lifestyle, not even right. a diet. Absolutely. Well, that's that's so awesome that you're talking about all these things. And I have another true or false question for everybody because I, I, I wanted to show this one. So guys, ready? If, just type in true or false in the comments. Cam's going to answer it, okay? This is going to just take us a little bit off topic. I want to make sure I got it in. True or false? Cam likes to box while wearing a pink skirt. <laughs> so you guys guess true or false okay cam you want to tell us it is true it is true <laughs> say i heart boobs so back in 2008 2009 i someone in my life was affected by breast cancer and she was the the director of the recreational center for where the boxing gym was that i went to so I would wear a, I would always wear a pink in support of her as she was going through her battle. And uh, yeah, so I, I always kept it going because I like, like to show support. <laughs> so uh, that, that must have really tripped some of your opponents up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned once you know how to fight, you don't have to pretend to be tough. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I've got I, a great benefit I have, I've never had to deal with the protein question about veganism because oh, right? you know who I am before you know that I'm vegan. And mm -hmm. if you know who I am, you know what I do. And Obviously, I'm not deficient. And I've actually won more national championships as a vegan than I have as not. That's amazing. I'm acting like I know a lot about boxing. I don't. What weight class were you in before? And were you in the same weight class after? Uh, I was at super heavyweight, which means anything over 201 pounds. So I, uh, and I was, when I first became vegan, I, I lost that bet. I was 277. After becoming vegan, I dropped down to, I got down, 191 was the lowest I got down to. I uh, decided to get shredded for a photo shoot. <laughs> I was like, if I'm, if I'm gonna, if, if I'm down here, yeah, I'm gonna take some, I'm gonna some proof while I'm here. <laughs> some of that's not sustainable. Just, uh, but I ended up off, changing weight classes and I dropped down weight classes. The cool thing is I was worried because most athletes and no one wants to talk about this because no one athletes never want to talk about when they're no longer athletes because it being athletes so near and dear to us, but a lot of us gain significant weight after we retire. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And nice. a lot of us face depression because, you know, we had this attention and people admired us. And then eventually, you know, you're, you're, you grow irrelevant very quickly mm-hmm. uh, from athlete to not. So uh, I was worried about how it would fare in my transition. And I'm so glad I have such a positive diet and lifestyle to, to support my transition. From, from being an athlete into uh, the professional world. So it's, yeah, been, it's, it's been great to have the plant-based diet with me. Oh, yeah. That's just so strange how life kind of throws things at us. I mean, for athletes, there is so many research that shows that, that plant-based diet maybe can offer greater recovery time, cell oxidation, injury prevention, or, or help you sleep better, or allow you to train more effectively. Did you find any or other things? What was your experience? Being completely honest, and I always want to be completely transparent because I I want to share my full experience with everything. Before I became vegan, I was 21, 22 years old. I don't know if most of you were 21 and 22 years old at some point, but you can basically go out drinking all night, wake up and go to work at 6 a.m. like nothing happened. You're basically invincible. So it's hard to compare. I was invincible when I was 21. So yeah, it's kind of hard to say like I was in the prime of my life before I turned vegan. Mm -hmm. So turning vegan, I was just better, but it it was nothing to compare. It was bad before. During my depression and everything, of course, that the weight gain and the diet I was eating during that time was was not healthy, but I, I would say the the recovery like knowing the recovery time I didn't I couldn't really tell the difference when I was twenty one, but I will say when I was twenty eight, yeah, you start to tell the difference because maybe these things aren't as important when you're twenty one, but as you get older, and as I say that as someone who's only thirty three right now, as you get older. You have that same machine you had with you when you were first born. So have you been doing your oil changes? Have you been doing maintenance? Have you been doing brake checks? Have you been getting your screenings? What kind of fuel are you putting into your machine? Because the reason why I said I changed the way I work out and I train is because before I was doing for intensity, I wanted to take people's head off. I mm-hmm. wanted to kill people. Uh, now I want longevity. I want to be able to go for a run when I'm 70. I want to be able to play catch with my great grandchild and I don't even have a kid yet. So I plan on living a very long time and I plan on living so healthy. And what I'm doing is I'm investing that time in myself. I know people who are so into Bitcoin and I know like they they don't have any money out of it. They're just really into it Mm -hmm. and they're very into stocks and they're very into trading or they're very into, to watching a, a particular sport time into entertainment, but they can't invest time into themselves. And I think it's important to have a balance. That's true. Because I mean, you can make all these investments, but if you're not around to reap the rewards, then there's no point. And and, and even if you do get those monetary rewards, that's not going to buy you out of bad health situations for for the most part. That's very true. I've met people who put, who, who restore, who put thousands of dollars to restore like an, an old car, a, a car from the seventies, but then would say eating healthy is too expensive. <laughs> so, 
They'll put money into Which, another machine, but not their own. Yeah, absolutely. We have to change the way we think. And I, I thought the same way. I'm, I'm saying this now as if I've always thought this way. I've definitely didn't always think this way. I had to change the way I, I was thinking. And if I'm being honest, it was kind of weird in the, in the very beginning because I felt, first of all, I felt like everyone knew more than me. And I was afraid to say anything because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. And I didn't want to offend a vegan person. I didn't want to, like, I remember I was at Farm Sanctuary in Watkins Glen, New York. I was honored to emcee their three-day hoedown. And, you know, I'm emceeing the event. I'm, this is my first, I'm, I've been vegan for maybe about a year at this point. And I say, okay, guys, uh, before i uh, before I bring our next speaker to the the stage, I want to go ahead and make an announcement and kill two birds with one stone. Oh, and <laughs> so I didn't know what I said, but I felt the room gasp, <laughs> and I felt like I was like, "Did I curse?" And I'm like, and I couldn't think of what because I, I I was like, "No, no, no, I didn't curse," and I couldn't put it together. From that moment, I was afraid of saying the wrong things at the wrong places. I didn't want to offend anyone. So then you become overly paranoid and it's so easy to say, you know what? This is too much work. I'm done. I'm done. Because it, it, it's difficult for people who aren't already vegan. If you're already vegan, like whatever, you're, you're, you're doing what we already want. We're not talking to you. Like, but the other people, it's difficult for, you have to remember when you were first vegan. So I, I do try to always speak to the person who, because I was so grateful that Amy Mackey took the time out to teach me how to eat, to teach me how to grocery shop to teach me how to cut onions and do different things like that. And not everyone knows those basic things. Some of us have the, the curse of knowledge. Yes, that's true. A lot of us are, are not in touch with our kitchens and because of all the convenience foods, the fast foods, which is not just the fast food restaurant, the fast foods, which is anything you get in the grocery store in a box or a crinkly package that doesn't take very long to prepare and you don't have to add anything to it. I have adult kids. And when one of my daughters first went to college and she was in the dorm life with the microwave and somebody said, hey, do you want to eat with me? And she said, sure. And she said, go in our little dorm refrigerator freezer and pull out a couple of Hot Pockets. And so she did. And this was before we were plant-based. She didn't know what to do with it. You know, <laughs> I had never prepared those kinds of things. We still weren't plant-based or anything, but she didn't know what to do how to prepare it. But now the kids, their parents are working and this is what they're eating all the time. They don't know anything else. So it's, it's an education. But once you do it, like you said, you keep going and it becomes a habit and then it just kind of feels normal. And then when you do get exposed to the people that haven't adopted the lifestyle because you've been immersed in it so long, they almost seem weird to you like the vegans used to <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the weird one now. Oh, and that's that. That's what you need to do after you become vegan. For uh, and who who was it that that said uh, uh, it was? Oh, Misty, uh, you said you you quit at about day twenty one. Yeah. When you get to day twenty one, find someone and get them started. Oh, I like that. Because what that would do is it holds you. If you're making them do it. You have to make sure they get to their twenty, their twenty-eight days. Uh, so make sure that you invest, invest your at least a couple of weeks in, and get someone else to start. You can't quit if they're still going because mm. you made them do it. If that's the type of accountability you need to do it, screw it. That's what you need to do. We need to find what works for us. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be super motivated. Not everyone wakes up when their alarm goes off the first time. 
Yeah. Okay. Some of us have to set backup alarms and backup alarms for those backup alarms. But if that's what you need to do to get out of bed, you need to find what works for you. Like any advice I give, it's just what I do. Please steal what I do, remix it in your own way, add your own flavor to it. Uh, but nothing, not, not everything's going to work for everyone. Just kind of find your own path. I love that advice. That's great. And I looked on your Instagram and you've had lots of wonderful quotes and maybe some of the things that you've said yourself. I just streamed through it and you have a lot of great motivational things going on there. But you talked about how you developed this public speaking career now. You were asked to do a veg fest and then all of a sudden you're emceeing all these different veg fests. How has being plant-based positively affected that and, oh, and your ability uh, to motivate other people? Paul Shapiro. I think he introduced me to Gene Bauer of uh, of Watkins Glen of, of Farm Sanctuary, and that was that was the second event I've ever done. I was able to do the Kansas City Veg Fest, then I got recommended to that one, and that really kind of got me on the circuit. And I was able to do these Veg Fests in different uh, in different states, and it was cool because every weekend I got to literally just announce these like exclusive vegan people who are writing these like books and, and I'm just announcing them. I just have to sit there and listen to what they're saying. So I didn't realize how much I was learning uh, by just sitting at work. Uh, yeah, just, just sitting on stage, eating vegan food. And I just, I've gotten so much, I've learned so much information and I've learned so much about other speakers. I've learned what, and not even on a vegan side of it, I've learned what speakers do. I learned how their ticks. I learned certain things. I love how speakers use certain mannerisms or when speakers use certain pauses to invoke power. Like these are different things I was able to pick up from these experienced speakers by announcing so many people on stage. So that's just one of the aspects of the way being a part of the Veg Fest has improved me as a person, even outside of the vegan world. Uh, another one is vegan contacts. Just it's the reason why people, it's like a fraternity almost. It's weird. When you, when you see a vegan person or you see someone with a vegan bumper sticker, you make eye contact. You're like, yeah, I like it. I see you. I see you. <laughs> and the thing is, there's always these bias in the world. If I know, uh, if, I have, if I have to hire a dog sitter, right, and I have two people, they're charging the same, and one is vegan, which one do you think I'm going to choose? Okay. So. What I'm saying is there's also other benefits to being vegan because there's a different, there's a, there's a little network in there as well. Mm -hmm. So I've met a lot of great people in the vegan world and the cool thing about conscious people, and I'm not just saying about vegan people, I mean, conscious people, conscious people are the people who go out of their way to think as simple as that seems. A lot of people don't go out of their way to think they act out of habit. And when you find conscious people, a lot of them think and then they become vegan. But a lot of these conscious people are good people because they've taken time to think and they think about how other people would feel. And if you want to surround yourself with someone, why wouldn't you want to surround yourself with someone who cares? So being a part of the vegan community for me was 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 very powerful in the fact of having good people around. me. Granted, not all vegan people are good people but not all of anyone's good people. Yeah, that's true. To do something like to have a plant-based lifestyle, it takes a certain something inside of people. 
And I think that we all have it. And some of us know that we have it from the very beginning, but others of us have to kind of reach down deep inside and find it. But but Mm -hmm. I really do think we all have it. And then once we get focused in that area, it it almost seems to kind of leak into the other aspects of our life. Now you just start seeing, I just, I was like, oh, I have collarbones. I didn't know I had collarbones. (laughs) And then- That's, remember when I said I was brushing my teeth and I saw muscle? That's exactly, we all experience the same thing. We're all the same person. Yeah. We are all the same person. We're going through slightly different things, but we're all going through something. And we're all the same people with the same temptations and the same urges, but we have different ways of coping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And surrounding yourself with the like-minded people in many cases, not just this eating style, in many cases, it just it's really important that if you have a goal, you want to do it, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people and following Cam on social media, watching my interviews with these plant-based athletes and doctors and so forth. If you just keep doing this every day and just immerse yourself into it, it's going to be something that's going to help you go towards that goal that you have and be, be that person that's inside of you waiting. You just have to immerse yourself. So I wanted to, to shift over a little bit because you just... I mean, here you all—you—you you weren't a boxer, right? You were in, in school and you were a kid, and you weren't—you—that you, was the furthest thing from your mind. And you turn into a boxer, and then, and then you turn into plant-based. Plant then you become this MC, and then you're doing comedy. <laughs> 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 Tell us about that. Uh, so during my that that year of depression in 2012, I, I do what a lot of sad people do. Uh, I go find a stage, and uh, I started doing comedy in 2012. And I, I was also speaking at schools and I would speak at schools about bullying. The original reason why I got into boxing and I realized the kids liked the kids would pay attention if I was funny. So I figured if I did stand up and I learned how to be funnier, I would be better at my speeches with the students. And I realized the more time I spent on stages. And that's why I started to do all these veg fest every weekend, because the more time you spend on the more time you spend doing anything, the better you're going to get. The only reason why I was the best, I'm the winningest boxer in United States history. I've won more boxing matches than anyone else in the sport. The only reason why is because I just competed more than everyone else. I didn't have the best percentage, but I learned the more, the more time you put into something, the better you will be, no matter what it is. And I took that, that idea from boxing and I transferred that into speaking. So I figured the more time I spend on the stage, We've, we've all heard of the 10,000 hour rule, Malcolm Gladwell, you, you become a master at something after you spend 10,000 hours doing it. So I thought, what's the quickest way to spend 10,000 hours on a stage? Well, I'm just going to take every opportunity I get to be on the stage. So I lived in a van for three years, uh, driving around the country, speaking at schools Monday through Fridays, doing comedies at night, doing comedy shows at night and emceeing festivals on the weekend. And I'd MC galas. And, and you wait, you were plant based also, right? Let me just stack yeah. up here. You were, yeah. okay, plant, so there's no, and, there's no excuse here about uh, I can't do plant based because. Uh, oh, I, I was plant based in a van. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that could be a whole yeah. book. <laughs> How do you yeah. in the van? <laughs> yeah. I, well, here's, here's, Here's another level of it though, because you are your habits. So sometimes you have to be around other people to develop their habits. So if you grew up in a family and, and you know, obesity doesn't run your family, no one runs in your family. That whole concept of being overweight a lot of times is cultural. It's the food we eat. We eat what our parents ate. We eat the way our parents ate. And if our parents ate poorly, if they grow up 
eating junk food every day and going through drive throughs we're going to likely develop those habits. If you see, if you saw your mom cooking in the kitchen every day, whether you're uh, her son or her daughter, you will have picked up some of these habits as, as you see these things, right? So the, the more you're around something, the more you're, you absorb it. So if you are in a terrible, if you grew up with a terrible food environment, maybe you should date someone who didn't and who's someone who has discipline. And like, so that's what I did. Luckily, I, I did it by accident. My girlfriend, she is the most disciplined person I've ever met. And it forces me the same way, uh, Misty, I suggest you tie yourself to someone else to keep you obligated. When when I lost that bet and had to be vegan for 28 days, I didn't do any research. I didn't read. I didn't care. My goal wasn't to be vegan. I said I would do it, so I did it. And I realized if you do it, everything you do, it works if you work it. And when I, was, when I started to date my girlfriend, I realized some of my habits weren't as pure as I thought they were. Because, you know... I would have I would have healthy snacks. There's nothing wrong with a cliff bar here and there, except for there's everything wrong with a cliff bar here and there. Have you read the, the I used to I thought cliff bars were like good. There's like a dude climbing a rock on it. How could that be bad? <laughs> it's actually it's just a it's just a sugar rock. They're they're terrible for you. And I picked these things up from her and she would point these things out to me. And she would also point out the habit of being conscious of what you're consuming. So I know everything in the house is vegan, so I don't read labels, but she's like, read serving sizes, understand how much you should consume when you start to consume something. And usually I just kind of eat until I'm not being bored anymore. I like it. You got to stop right there because usually you're supposed to be eat until I'm full, but you said eat until I'm not bored anymore, yeah. which is a, a I, big thing. A lot of people do that. Yeah. Go ahead. I'd eat until I'd eat until I get a text message. If I get an exciting text message, I'm just not that hungry anymore. That means <laughs> I wasn't hungry in the first place. <laughs> but but my, my my girlfriend said she has just I just I mimicked everything she did. So when we moved in together, I realized she she lives different than me. She's very organized. She's very she does certain things certain ways. And I was like, you know what? There has to be something to it. There has to be something to it. I'm just going to eat what she eats because she's fit and she doesn't work out that much, but she's, she's fit. And I'm like, how, how does she, I'm obsessing over working out and she's barely, she doesn't care about working out. She stretches and does yoga time, time. And I'm like, so I just did what she did. And Amy, it was so crazy. When you, when you're with you, you don't notice yourself. So I'm during the pandemic, we just stayed in the house. Really? We just ate whatever she ate, I ate. I don't like mushrooms, so with the exception of mushrooms, but whatever she ate, I ate. I went out after about two years, and people are saying that my body has morphed. It has changed. I went I went out to some boxing matches. I wear my I wore my hair up for the first time, and I wear glasses now because I just had an eye surgery, and people weren't recognizing me because my body had changed. Jesse, one of her, her favorite snacks uh, is literally we put the air fryer. First of all, I love an air fryer, and I, I, I put chickpeas in... Uh, in the air fryer just to eat just it's just like chips almost and I'll put whatever seasoning I I, I get sometimes you have these Trader Joe seasonings they have cool ones and they you fall in love with one then they discontinue it but yeah just eating chickpeas out of the air fryer I think that you want to know about sage because she said what are some of her favorite snacks <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's her favorite snacks that's not okay, no. this, okay. Oh, yeah oh I eat what she eats I don't even have an opinion anymore I don't want an opinion <laughs> yeah when I say it's 
<laughs> you need to do an episode with her. She has an amazing story of she grew up in in Western Mass in in a in a smaller town, and she didn't have access to healthy food. And she always told herself growing up that when she's able to be in a position where she does get that access, she's going to change her life around. And she became vegan about five or six years ago. She's been vegetarian pretty much her whole life. Of course, her parents tried to push meat on her when she was a kid, but she was yeah. just never really into it. Well, and, we're going to have uh, to have her back on the show, but you'll have to come with her because we like cute couples. And I'm sure uh, you guys make cute couples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, gosh. oh another snack another snack she makes and i also i contribute nothing to this but uh she makes uh these reese's cups these peanut butter cups uh it's i believe walnuts dates and uh, i think sunflower okay. seeds and kind of cocoa or cacao cacao and in a uh in a food processor and that's like it makes, uh, yeah it's like a granola e thing and she puts it at the bottom of a pan and then she puts peanut butter and then a layer of uh of chocolate puts in the freezer and we have one of those every night it's our little little dessert it's our routine right before we brush our teeth we have one uh -huh. then we wait for the taste to go away then we have right. our gummy our, our vitamin gummy at the end of the night and then we brush our teeth and go to bed uh so making that little cute routine especially if you have a partner making it something you guys do together because it's a lot easier and it's a lot more sustainable when you're doing it with someone and it's fun. Well, you are sure motivating in a lot of ways. I think that anybody who is watching or listening and, and is, has something in their life that they want to stop doing or start doing or change, just hearing the different things that you've done in your life and your attitude and your strategies, it's just been so motivating. And I'm really hoping that this is going to be the first day for somebody, or even if they're going to try it again, like Misty, you know, let's do it, start again, because you just try again. What would be your piece of advice that you would give to someone who wanted to go plant-based? First of all, for especially like Misty, uh, and any for becoming vegan or any aspect in life, if you can fail without being discouraged, success becomes inevitable. So if you fail a thousand times, you'll be successful a thousand and first. Michael Jordan's marquee moment in his career is game six. For Michael Jordan to have had that moment in game six, he had to lose two games in that series. When you become successful, no one asks you how many times did it take for you to get there. Missy, maybe next time. On your plan-based journey, my advice would be progress over perfection. It's not gonna happen overnight. Granted, I lost a bet and it literally happened overnight, but it doesn't have to. Baby steps. And if you can do it with other people and make it a community, especially the people you live with, it makes it a little more sustainable. Yes, absolutely. Community is so important. And the people that are watching and listening here, a lot of them are commenting and saying hello to each other and kind of being uplifting and encouraging each other. So we have our little community here as well. And I do encourage you because some people can't be out in, in the public at this time, or they just don't have access in their neighborhoods, but you can do this online. You can find communities online as well. And just surround yourself with positive people and people that are trying to do what you're doing, whether it's adopting this lifestyle or the other areas in your life that you want to change or improve. Thank you so much, Cam, for joining us today. I like to have a lot of fun and I was really pumped. My husband, Rick, he said, you're really excited to have Cam on because I kept talking about you. And you would think I've interviewed some really wonderful plant-based doctors and I did get excited about them, but I was so excited about that. Oh, I, I, I just knew that you were going to just bring 
bring light and positivity. That's what I'm all about, trying to find that as much as possible in my life. So it was so nice to have you on. You were just so encouraging and you had so much to share as far as your tips and your stories. Thank you so much, Cam. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I had a great time. And thank you for everybody in in the comment box. If anyone's looking for me, you can find me at Cam F. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Cam F. Awesome. That's not hard to remember. And it's all the different social media. It's all the same. So that just makes it a lot easier to find you. And and you're going to still be helping up people wherever you go and encouraging people. And I can't wait to see what happens next for you as far as what you're going to be. I see a book in your future. I just do. Uh-huh. Jesse T said that she thought that the van, uh, what I eat in a van book sounded. so everybody that's watching and listening tell us what you're going to remember what is your takeaway and please stay tuned for a special announcement i do want to thank just has voice she did the voiceover the promos and if you didn't get to see the introduction you're going to have to start from the beginning because this one was especially awesome 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 (laughs) and just has voice Please tell us who's coming up next. Maya Acosta will be making Hearts of Palm Ceviche. Maya has been plant-based since 2017 and hosts the podcast, Healthy Lifestyle Solutions. Join us for a live Q&A on Friday, May 6th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy Live. Well, I do want to especially thank all the green warriors that are watching and listening because you're liking and subscribing and sharing and you're helping us to get the word out about this lifestyle to the universe because we want to spread all this good health and positivity around. And if you want to join me and Cam, because I'm going to be doing my tagline with him and you can type it in the comments, which is the be strong, be well, and be green. Are you ready, Cam? Oh, yeah. Until I see you guys again, remember, be strong, be well, and be green. green. (laughs) Bye-bye, everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.